Who is your greatest enemy? Challenging question. Because we have many different adversarial forces in our lives. Enemies without, enemies within, psychological, emotional, demons, real, imagined. The single greatest enemy of yours is called fear. Fear. And the reason why it's so dangerous is because it is insidious. It is concealed. It's invisible. You don't see it. There's no weapon. There's no firepower. It works in a very cunning manner, undermining, paralyzing, indecisiveness, and so many other symptoms that it manifests in. Think about it. That's what we're going to discuss. Fight or flight. How to free yourself from fear. Because once you do, all the vistas and horizons are open to you. Please join me. Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and we're going to be speaking about fight or flight, how to free yourself from fear. This program is dedicated by Ricardo Lehman in loving memory of his mother, Maritz Lehman, Miriam Bat Yosef, and his daughter, Megan Lehman, Miriam Bat Yaakov, couple. If someone were to ask you, who is your greatest enemy? So I'm sure... Reflexively, some would say this and this individual. Some people refer to a family member. Unfortunately, sometimes we even speak about our own parents in that way. Someone who's hurt you deeply. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to define an enemy. In a more collective sense, communal, some will say racists, anti-Semites. For the Jewish people, Nazis. Or others that hold such discriminatory um, perspectives, perspectives, but the truth is, if you think about it, the greatest enemy has to be defined by the thing that blocks you and stops you more than anything else from achieving what you want to achieve. So how would you define that great enemy? So there's no doubt that it's within. And I'm going to submit here that the greatest enemy we have is fear. Fear. And why? Even though there can be many other things, people say illness or uh, economic bankruptcy, losing a job, divorce, because those are all circumstances. They're all not positive events on their own. But fear is what undermines, demoralizes, and in so many other ways paralyzes us. And above all, it is insidious. It is silent. It works behind covers. Because you can't point to it. It's not like there's an enemy, define it. Okay, I'm going to fight it. It works from within. And it undermines us in every possible way from achieving what we want to achieve in our lives. 
I would even say that it's impossible to estimate how much fear affects us. Because so much of it is covered up by the fact that fear hides itself so you don't even know. It's like one thing you know something is, you can identify it. But when you can't identify, when the darkness conceals itself, which is called a double darkness, to the point that you don't even know there's a problem, that's far more difficult to deal with because your first awareness is half the cure. And that's why there's an expression, a double darkness, a darkness that conceals that it's dark. So you, so you convince yourself everything is going well, and we all know that's one of the worst possible enemies in every given situation. So it's very difficult to estimate its effect and its impact that it exerts on our lives. But there's no question that it does. And it has many different expressions. It can be indecisiveness, it can be paralysis, it can be lack of commitment, second-guessing yourself, not even taking on projects because of the fear of failure or success for that matter. So there's many ways it expresses itself. And just give it a little thought and you'll realize that it is at the root of so many issues. Now, why we have fear is obviously what we need to address. Because if you want to uproot it from its very core, from its root, we need to understand the why. But that it's a force, there's no doubt about it. I think about it myself, my own personal life, my own work. And some people say, hey, he seems like a fearless guy, takes on projects, is in the public eye, doesn't seem like anything phases him. Well, fear takes on different shapes for some people. The the fact that a person can behave courageously and actually do things that way doesn't mean they don't have doubts. It doesn't mean that they don't second guess. It doesn't mean that perhaps they have much more potential that they're not actualizing. So again, it takes on many different shapes, and I think about it all the time because sometimes I say to myself, maybe I don't even aware, I'm not even aware what's holding me back. And if there is something holding me back, because remember, we start convincing ourselves, no, everything is great. What's the problem? Just you're forging ahead. So it'll take a little time for each of us to evaluate, but it's important to be honest with ourselves, especially if you want to grow. And one of the things with fear is it's not such an easy thing to acknowledge. Who wants to say, I'm fearful, I'm hesitant, I'm tentative? So, my friends, let's take the bull by the horns and enter face-to-face to one of these darkest elements in our lives. Now, where does fear come from? I think that's vital, because once you know where it comes from, it's easier to defang the enemy when you understand its roots. Now, is any child born fearful? In most cases, I would say no. There may be some anomaly, some aberration due to some stri- something that happened, some trauma. But generally speaking, we are naturally born not fearful. As a matter of fact, as children begin to explore, we have to watch them because they're not afraid of anything. Number one, they don't know that if you stick your finger into an electrical outlet, God forbid, it can cause a shock. So that's lack of awareness. But there's more than that. There's a certain free abandon. The only place they learn fear is from adults around them who say this is dangerous. Now, in some cases, that's important. You have to tell a child not to cross the street alone. And there are different dangers to that are lurking out there. However... The child on their own does not have anything that holds them back. So what's the question? What's the issue here? 
And the issue is self-consciousness. Not just a question of whether you're aware of certain things are dangerous or not. Obviously, there are things we have to avoid. And that's what we teach our children as well. But it's not a natural fear due to something that is inside of them. It's rather an, a, 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 a prudent approach to be careful in life. And yes, of course, we all have certain natural, like, you know, fire. It doesn't take much to learn that you don't put your hand in fire. A child will learn very quickly. And yet, they may not know that some things are dangerous or hot, or hot that you should stay away from. So that's what they need to learn. But we're not talking about those type of fears. Those are not fears. Those I would call caution. That's more what the person has to have, as I said, being prudent and careful in your life. Discretion may be the right word. The fears I'm talking about, the ones that are weaken us and cause us to feel that we're not confident. And part of that is self-consciousness, as I mentioned. Self-consciousness, what others are going to say. I'll be judged, I'll be criticized, I'll fail, I'll be laughed at, mocked. All these things contribute to fears. The, 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 the contrast to fear would be when you feel comfortable, when you feel confident. You walk into a room and you don't know what people are going to be saying, but you feel that you're loved, you're going to be less fearful. You come into a situation where you know you have been criticized or invalidated, you're going to be more fearful. What is my father going to say? What is my mother going to say? What is my friend going to say? So you see, fear is an outgrowth, therefore, of self-consciousness and, and not having that confidence in yourself. So how does one cultivate the opposite of fear, you cultivate it by having an environment that is very reassuring, secure, safe, loving, nurturing, validating. As soon as you don't have that type of environment, you have the breeding ground of the forces that start creating fears in our lives. Now, we're not talking about a one-time critique or a one-time a person has been rejected. If it's ongoing, it starts building inside of you just a natural fear. I mean, I've heard from, I can't tell you how many people, when my father would come home, I was always trembling because he was always finding something to critique. For some people, it's a mother. For some people, it's someone else. So what, what does trembling mean? Trembling doesn't always mean physically trembling. Sometimes it's also physical. It's all part of being undermined and not feeling secure with your situation. So our earliest fears definitely begin in those early years, informative years. And once it gets etched into our psyches, it's, so, it's much more difficult to eliminate. So then we develop the fight or flight approach. Fight would mean when something is threatening, you go out and fight it. And sometimes to exhaustion, draining your own resources, your own strengths. Or flight, you run away, you avoid it. Now, we know that expression is used also for survival purposes, and sometimes it's necessary. But if your whole life is either fight or flight, do you, when, when do you engage? When do you have a loving environment that's not fighting and not running? And that goes back to the same point. So one of the, the, one of the, the, the symptoms and impacts of fear is either you become a fighter, aggressive, very defensive, assertive, not in a way we're talking about healthy assertive, but you're sort of just to make sure you're protecting your turf, 
because you've been hurt, so you're fighting for your, for your very turf. Or flight, the denial, passive, a pleaser, and other such reactions. So ask yourself, is that, are those, do that, do that, does that help identify part of your own behavior mechanisms? And if yes, you know there's a fear going on. The counterforce to that is to find a place where you're comfortable and you don't need to fight and you don't need to run and escape. Now, of course, there are situations that have become threatening. There are people who are hurtful, abusive, obnoxious, insulting. And yes, you need to make a determination as sometimes, I wouldn't say that you have to always fight, but sometimes you have to avoid the situation or be wise and tactful. But the main thing is you don't want it to dominate you. You don't want it to define you. You don't want to start becoming a person that's always reacting to these type of individuals. You need to immunize yourself and build a strength where you are an, an identity outside of these forces. Some people, their co-workers who mistreat them or just are plain difficult people begin to define you, begin to, it begins to become a dread in your life. So it's true, you need to deal with that and sometimes, you know, hopefully you can work it out, but if you can't, sometimes you need to stand up for yourself. And sometimes you need to just avoid fight and flight. But you want to have a life outside of that. As soon as your life is dominated and your real estate, your mind and heart are dominated by the fears or the reactions to people who are behaving in ways that are not healthy ways or, or very insensitive ways, you have become essentially an extension and a victim of theirs. So it's vital to define all of this because there's no way you're going to deal with fear if you don't divide and conquer, which is the first step always to evaluate the situation and choose your battles, try to minimize them because you want to focus on nurturing and love, which means finding friends and finding people and finding family that do validate you, that do make you feel calmer and more relaxed we don't have to be fighting or, or running. Many of us don't realize how important what I just said is. You know why? Because we get so much caught up in the merry-go-round or the roller coaster, if you wish, that we, it's hard to identify and separate yourself from your life's activities. That's why it's critical to take a time, space, and think about this. Separate yourself from that which happens around you. Even the things you're completely accustomed to and routine and even things you've begun to tolerate. Remember, we start becoming tolerating of toxins as well. Not even talking about the Stockholm Syndrome where we get attached to those that hurt us. So start identifying yourself separate from the people around you, including workers, including family, including other associates and so on. And then begin to identify who are the individuals in my life and what are the experiences in my life that are the nurturing ones, that make me feel more relaxed. I know when I'm in, presen in presence of that person, I feel more confident. It's not difficult to do if you sit down and deliberately do it. I would suggest a daily exercise to do that. Maybe in the morning when we say Moda'ani and we acknowledge and thank you, the gratitude for returning my soul to me, that may be a good time to think about it. But to designate time on a daily basis because it's important to evaluate each day. And once you have some for some form of the coordinates, if you want, you map out your life relationships and also your experiences. 
it's easier to identify where the fear is coming from. Who are the people in my life that are causing me to be more defensive, to be more tentative, to be more careful? Again, careful, we're not talking about the healthy careful, but to be avoiding situations because of judgment and other things like that. I should have mentioned judgment earlier. Judgment is a big one, being judged by others, which is part of being criticized, being looked down at. And then who are the forces that are validating and loving? That's step number one. Step number two, and this goes a little deeper into the very force of fear, is how then do you actually build, besides what I just said, relationships and experiences, how do you build forces that allow you to access your inner strength the way you were when you were born? Before fears began to settle in, before they seeped in in their insidious way, like a cancer, undermining us and creating the situation we may be in right now. And the answer to that is ultimately you need to access a power greater than yourself. There's a beautiful story they tell about Rameir from Primishlan. He was a Hasidic scholar, Hasidic mystic, a Rebbe. And he once came to a town it was Friday afternoon, and he wanted to go to the ritual bath, the mikveh. But it was freezing cold in Russian cities. And the, and the, the mikveh, this ritual bath, was situated at the, at the bottom of a hill that was very slippery, slippery slopes in the icy winter. So people told him that we don't really go to the mikveh because it's dangerous. You can slip and fall. He was not a young man, but he insisted. There were two young people who saw that he's going to the mikveh, and they were very skeptical. How is he going to make it, this elderly man? And yet, he walked down the slopes and completely unscathed, came back, smiling. One of them, both of them followed him, and one of them slipped. He broke something. This one got sprained. So they went over to him, Shabbos, and they said, Rameir, we, we watched you go down the slopes and come back completely unaffected. Was it not slippery? He says, yes, it was slippery. However, however, it was slippery but when you're tied above, you don't fall below. You know how powerful that expression is? Think about it. What is the above? When you have values, when you have spirituality, when you have transcendence, when you have God, something greater than yourself to hold on to. So it may be slippery, but you have something that's holding you and you're holding it. Don't underestimate the power of our soul, our divine soul. And that's why you see especially in the area of recovery and addiction. They talk about accessing a power. I've surrendered to a power greater than myself. People, individuals who've gone through such difficulties and experienced tremendous fears and tremendous setbacks and, diff- and challenges realize that you need that. Sometimes when life is going and it's not slippery, you don't realize that you need that strength. But the truth is we all need it at all times. So building and reinforcing those forces that are greater than you are is the critical component to fighting fear. But you're not fighting it. It's not fighting like you can't fight darkness, especially an invisible one at that. You don't fight it. You build a strength. So no matter what comes your way, you have that to turn to. And that's ultimately the greatest power of all. It includes humility because you're getting your ego out of the way 
Ego, of course, is just another feeder of fear because it's about me. So fine, when things are conf- going well, your confidence is going well. But when your ego is bruised or somewhere you're, you're un- unable to muster that energy, then your ego becomes your enemy because it's all about me. And therefore, since it's about me, what happens is it begins to become a force that works against you. Humility is you get yourself out of the way, including your fears. And you're allowing yourself to connect to something that's greater. And that gives you greatness. And that gives you confidence. No matter what a person has gone through in life, no matter what, even situations that are very dysfunctional and toxic and abusive, traumatic, the fact of the matter is there's always hope because the fundamental soul within you never grew fearful. It's that we, we grow fearful in accessing that soul within us. The arteries have become somewhat clogged. The arteries that connect that healthy soul or the healthy heart to the rest of the being, your rest of your consciousness. So psychologically speaking, how do you get beyond those clogs? Yes, you do whatever you can, but you also introduce into your life forces that are greater and stronger than the ones that undermine you. And ultimately, forces that are not man-made, and therefore they can't be taken away by human beings. Parents are a beautiful thing when they're nurturing, but they could also be very, harsh, very, painful, very harmful and hurtful. But when you realize there's a force and something greater and a cause that you connect with that's greater than you are, that is t- b- binding yourself to above, tying yourself up. When you're tied above, you don't fall below. Now, we're all going to have setbacks at times. That's not the point. The point is that you want to know what to do about it. Setback can just demoralize you and then you give up, you become resigned. Or you could see it as a challenge that allows you to access those deeper resources, to reach upward. And when you're holding on, then you don't fall below. You don't slip below. So we live in a world filled with slippery slopes. We live in a world with many challenges. But as I've pointed out time and again, the challenges are not in our control. But how we navigate them is completely in our control. And navigating them includes finding the tools, the resources, the friends, the environments, the activities that make you feel confident. Confidence breeds confidence. Courage breeds courage. Fear breeds fear. So in addition to what we surround ourselves with, we also connect to our deeper resources within. And this too should be part of your daily ritual. I mentioned before Moda'ani, thank you for returning my soul to me. That's all you need in life. You have a soul that's returned to you. It means your value, your indispensable contribution has been renewed. Your contract has been renewed. The contributions you will make in this world that only you can make has been acknowledged, has been reinforced. Every morning, make yourself aware of it. Be cognizant of it. And in addition to that, that self connects you to that higher force Surround yourself with people that reinforce that time and again. Because you can have that, but then you get into a hostile workplace or a hostile environment and back to the, the patterns and routines that may be sometimes toxic and, uh, and otherwise undermining us. So you want to have both coming from both directions, from above and from around you. And when you do that, you create an insulation that gives you that strength. You know, one of the powers of taking time off from whatever you're doing, whether it's work, whether it's, um, uh, whether it's uh, other activities that you're doing, it allows you to step back and take stock and look at yourself 
and think about yourself in context of the things around us. When you're in the rush hour and you're being prodded and pushed and directed and expectations and, and demands, what do you think happens? You become a product and a result of all of that. This again is in our control. So I hope this opens up some new opportunities that we can look at ourselves and in turn become stronger people connected to above, allowing yourself to access deeper resources that till now fear has not allowed you to access, didn't even let you go there. It's like knowing you have a treasure, but you didn't even get there because you're fearful to make a move. And when you do, it does open up new horizons, new vistas, new possibilities. And be around people that dare to dare, which means to make a move. The greatest risk of all is not taking risk. And that comes, the strength to do that comes from that inner place, from that higher place, and from people around us that reinforce that. So, my friends, there is another option besides fight and flight, and that is engaging in life, love, calm, serenity, relaxed, driven, but confident, and we can achieve far beyond anything we can ever imagine. May each of you be blessed to do exactly that. Dissipate some of your fears, and what do you think will come back to you? Great light, great power, great strength. This has been Simon Jacobson, Meaningful Life Center, MeaningfulLife.com. Please go there for this program as it's archived and accessed anytime you wish, as well as other programs and a full schedule of events. We're talking about many different interesting topics. Some of them are more difficult ones, issues like fear, issues around abuse, abuse. And um, we, we try, I try to cover, we try to cover the entire spectrum of life, meaningful life, to make our lives more meaningful, more powerful, more purposeful, and change the world for the better that becomes better than when you entered it to turn it into a nicer, more beautiful garden. So thank you again for listening. It's always an honor to share a few words. I'd love to hear feedback, comments. Please share this with others. And be well. I will look forward to see you at the next program. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions and feedback. Be blessed. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com slash donate.